0: Are you ready? Coming to you from Tamid Group's headquarters in Washington, D.C. Building the future alongside the Startup Nation, the only podcast for the Tamid community.
1: This is Tamidcast. Hey everyone, I'm Nate Gilson. Welcome to this edition of Tamid Cast. I've been so excited for this episode ever since a couple of weeks ago when I took a trip down to the southeast. I visited Tamid at Florida in Gainesville, I visited Tamid at Emery in Atlanta, and I visited Tamid at Miami. Oral Gables. At Miami in particular, I observed some unique ways that the team there runs that chapter. And in my opinion, I was seeing before my eyes best practices that ought to be shared with all of our chapters. Tamita Miami thinks a little bit differently and operates a little bit differently. And the result is they produce really high level work and offer a tremendous experience to their members. So I want to introduce here to tell us more about the chapter is Tamita Miami's president, Richard Holmes. Richard, how are you doing today?
0: Great. Thanks so much for having me, Nate.
1: It's a pleasure to have you on. And I, I understand this is not your first time doing it, an interview involving Tumid, is that right?
0: That is right. That is right. I was lucky enough to, uh, to get to do one with David Mickley over the fellowship last summer with I-24. So not, not my first run.
1: <laughs> so you are a, a Tameed Fellow this past summer. And where do you work?
0: I worked at Jobswipe. They're um, an HR tech startup and out of the WeWork offices in Dubnov, Tel
1: Aviv. Fantastic. And some of our listeners are going to recognize JobSwipe because that's actually the job matching platform that we're using for the fellowship this summer to match the fellows with the companies where they'll be interning. So the first thing that that I noticed at looking at the the consulting projects that you you guys work on is a a very high standard of quality in the, the, the deliverables that you have to provide to the companies you work for. So maybe tell us about one of the projects, what you expect out of the teams, and how you get that level of excellence from them.
0: Yeah, absolutely. We have three projects this semester. The people that we're working with are J-Swipe, Farm Pool, and a company called Zoos Now. I guess I'll cover j just because it's moderately exciting, I'd say, and I, maybe some of the listeners out there also have uh, had some experience with it or something like that. So at the beginning of our consulting process, we, we definitely put a very large emphasis on quality, and it, it's implemented from the very beginning. Uh, before the semester even begins, the, the preliminary steps are having the consulting director, the project manager, and anybody else who needs to be involved sit down and map out what are the things that they want to get out of the project. So regardless of what j needs from us, what, what do we need? And so we start kind of from a top-down approach. We take the members of the team. So there might be a biomedical engineer. There might be somebody studying computer science or mathematics. And then there might be some, some business majors sprinkled in there as well. And we get their perspective on what it is that they would like to be able to say they have done, get experience doing, or, or what they could do that would help them in the future. And so, a lot of the feedback that we got for the people on the JSwipe team was that they really wanted experience with monetization, understanding how you take an application that, as of right now, has limited or or very little premium features, and convert that into revenue streams.
1: And if so, Richard, how do you, how do you yeah? Sorry, just for our listeners, what does JSwipe do? Oh, I'm sorry,
0: <laughs> it's kind of presumptuous of me. So JSwipe is. Basically, it's a lot like Tinder. It's predominantly targeted at a Jewish target market. And the idea is it's, it's, it's a lot like Tinder, and it's for Jewish people. I, I don't know. I don't know how else to explain it. <laughs> so you've already mentioned
1: Jobswipe and j it sounds oh, like, it yeah. Sounds definitely, like, we'll clarify. Yeah. No, that's no, all right. I, I'm just imagining sitting in a job interview, interviewing you, looking at your resume, seeing <laughs> job swipe, J swipe, and I don't know yeah, what's next. Which swipe
0: is left? To be honest, seriously, I, uh, who knows? So yeah. So sorry for the lack of clarification. So yeah. So we're working with a dating app, um, and so as you can imagine, once we've highlighted and understood where our team wants to go typically where the company feels comfortable letting us go is very different from the beginning. And so, I mean, this is just logical. I think I think J-Swipe is a perfect company to highlight this, given the fact that they've been acquired and now have a lot more of a corporate structure. There is some amount of bureaucracy that goes into people allocating their time to get on calls with you when you're, when you're dealing with a corporate client or even when you're dealing with a random startup. Um, the time difference can really get in the way. And even beyond that, a lot of the times, what what I feel can sometimes, I don't know how to say this without sounding rude. What I feel like some people may not see or realize is that this is this person's baby. And they're accepting these consultants because it's extra work when they need it. And from our perspective, we would like to be working on some of the most difficult or challenging tasks they face, getting in touch with the strategy, you know, doing really cool and amazing work. But until you earn that position, there's no reason for them to trust you with the same level of trust they treat themselves. And so until you put yourself in that person's shoes, it's really hard to understand why it is the case that you're getting market research deliverables and surveys every single time you do something. And that's not to say that that's necessarily a bad thing, It's just we realize that at Miami, the reason why we get the same deliverables over and over and over and over again is because that's the work that people don't want to do. It can be outsourced. It could be done very quickly, and they'd rather just give it to somebody else and and see it. And so back to where we are in our process, we we recognize that that's inevitable, and I think that the next step is to work to build as much repertoire as, as possible. So every single deliverable from the beginning Uh, We try and do them as quickly as possible and to extreme levels of quality to the point where it's like answer the question, but then also provide a bunch of supplemental reports that go above and beyond what they asked for. And this can be backing up everything you say in your report with detailed interpretations of academic and practitioners journals with, you know, further, further, always furthering your research, always taking it to a deeper level. Um, right. and then doing that at a very rapid speed. And we've noticed that when we do that with whatever project it may be, um, we typically see really, really great results with the company opening up and letting us take more of that responsibility that, that we look for. So that's, that's kind of how the process works. The necessities for implementation, I would say, would be you have to completely understand what it is your team wants. So you need to know from an analyst perspective, right, what am I getting out of this project? What is the point of me working on this project? Because if the work is not engaging at first or even at all, it's going to be very, very difficult to get somebody to, to achieve above and beyond what is expected of them. And so making sure that those, they understand that if you do this well, you will be able to do what you want. And even regardless of if the company authorizes you to do so, we will come up with an assignment for you that allows you to do this and submit that to them um, just as a supplement for whatever it may be. That, I think, motivates people to take it above and beyond and and to take that extra step and and really make it what it could be.
1: That's a great point, Richard. It it even gets down to the, the level of copy editing. Tell me more about that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So before we submit a deliverable, there's a detailed process with which it goes through. So uh, we meet Tuesdays and Thursdays. You get your biggest assignments, which would be deliverable drafting, from Thursday to the following Tuesday. So you have Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday to work on it. Um, You take the first draft and you edit it with all of the members of your team. So this could be five, seven people. And you guys sit down and say, did you expand enough on this topic? Did you think about enough? What did you miss here? What did you miss there? Um, And then you take that revision and come back with what is supposed to be your final draft uh, on Thursday. And from that point, the project manager then takes responsibility for it. Reviews the entire document for any grammatical mistakes, makes sure that that it is in a standardized format that we use for every single report that we submit, and then he takes responsibility in making sure it's above and beyond. And after that point, he submits it to the consulting director, who, for us, is the primary point of contact for every single client. So that's another thing that may be different at other schools. We don't have project managers communicate with the client. We have uh, consulting directors who... We have very specific guidelines for how they're supposed to be talking to the, the company, et cetera. So that way we don't feel like we're getting taken advantage of and we don't add more to the project managers already really burdensome load. And so the consulting director reviews the report, makes sure everything is up to date, everything's good, fits with what the company needs. And then the project manager and consulting director get on a call that's led by the consulting director and they walk the company through um, the deliverable. Should any questions arise, any comments rooms areas for improvement anything like that obviously take note of that fix that and then in the next deliverable make sure that that doesn't happen again
1: great great and ultimately the more you give the more you'll get back and there there's even one step further that i know your chapter does and that is the performance reviews that you do for all the members um i think you're the only chapter in to me that does any kind of performance review for its members so tell us more about that and whether you think it would be a good practice for all of our chapters to adopt
0: Uh, Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that the way we see it um, is that we try to treat every single active project like a semester long internship. So that's the level of commitment we expect from all members. And if you were working on a job for a semester or for a six month basis or for a two month basis over the summer, you probably expect at some point to get some feedback about how you're doing, where you can improve, where you could develop more. So what we do is we do at least one semester, once a semester, sometimes twice a semester. uh, We carve out specific times to meet with every single person, and we aggregate, you know, information about their attendance, the nitpicky uh, housekeeping things from the, the quality of the work, feedback from their team leaders, feedback from their team. And we kind of aggregate all of this and then just tell them, like, you know, here's where you're doing well, here's where you're doing poorly, we'd like to see you do much better here. We think that, you know, for instance, if you have the smartest person in the organization, but they're not able to voice their opinions, or they're not a a strong presence, they don't have a strong presence in the room, you know, that's an area where we would love to see you improve. And the feedback just kind of goes all around. I think that it's really, really great for us, because then we also say, you know, at the end of the performance review, it goes, okay, so what are we doing wrong? And hearing from A different perspective about everything that's gone wrong this semester from an administrative side makes it so that way next semester can be that much better. And we can get projects that the people that we're working with, you know, our members really want to participate in, things like that. So I think that it's absolutely a great idea. You just have to make the time for it. And if anything, it just makes it so every single semester you're improving.
1: I'll play devil's advocate for a minute and put myself in the shoes of a chapter leader who might be listening to this and thinking... That sounds nice, but I'm imagining that for for the members of our chapter, if they knew that they were going to have to be subject to our performance review, that might scare them away or make them feel intimidated to be a part of Tamid. What would you say to that person?
0: I would just tell them that the way we treat our chapter might be different than the way you treat your chapter. Um, for us, this is the largest level of commitment that you can get in any business organization that exists on campus. And that's what we're shooting for. And so for me, it may seem that our strategic goals are just not aligned. I, I think that while it could shy someone away also, you know, from the entire recruiting process, from the entire interview process, everything like that, we're trying to make sure that we have people who really want to to go above and beyond, and we've also adopted the BU model of identifying leaders. So you have an entire chapter of people who want to lead as as much as humanly possible. I think having those people, and then also having overachieving, type A, high performing kind of people, um, really makes it so this is possible. I guess if I were to try and come up with a way to to uh, you know for a chapter where their members might shy away from this, I think that maybe you would try to frame it in a way that it's not like this is a performance review where you're going to like lose your spot and to meet and, and things like that. It's just this is a way for us to give you feedback on how you be, you can become a leader, how you can get a chance to go on the Summer Fellowship. We just wanna sit down and tell you what you can do between now and, oh, well, it's kind of late for the semester, so now and December that will make it so you you can be the director of whatever it is you want to do or do whatever it is you want to do through to meet.
1: Right. In a certain sense, I was I was artificially creating a, an objection that might not actually exist. Miami is a great chapter, but cert, all of our chapters take to meet extremely seriously, and I think that this can be a a great tool for, for chapters to instill that sense of seriousness into all their members. And give people a sense that being a member of Tamid is is a major commitment. It You get a lot out of it, but you have to put a lot in. And it, just like if you're a student athlete, there are very high expectations of you. If you're a Tamid member, there are very high expectations of you. And that's certainly uh, an attitude that, perv- that pervades across the organization. But the idea of doing performance reviews, I think, is a specific action item that any chapter can adopt that would reinforce that message. Now, I want to close with some of the anecdotes that you told me about the reputation that you've built with recruiters and in the corporate world and some of the outreach that you've done. First of all, I'm wondering if you'd share with the audience that story about the city managing director and what he said about Tamid.
0: Yeah, absolutely. One of our largest competitors for... Recruiting on campus is uh, a business fraternity, and they were hosting a on-campus promo event during the recruiting week, and, and it happened to be with City, and so there was a few uh, MD of HR for City went to Miami. His name is Bill Fiss, and uh, another MD in corporate banking was there. Um, his name is Dustin Ling, and they were talking to the audience about how you get uh, a city internship. And so they were just answering questions about, you know, what do you look for on a resume? What should I be doing now? Things like that. And so somebody in the crowd asked, you know, what do you look for out of Miami on a resume that immediately lets you know that that person is ready? You know, what separates somebody and, and just gets them into the yes pile right away? And the response that that they got was that the best club that you could join on on campus is to meet because it, if I see somebody with to meet on their resume, I know they're capable of handling the work. So I thought that that was very, very powerful that we were able to, you know, have somebody say that about us. I thought that that was absolutely great.
1: That makes my heart swell with joy, Richard. (laughs) I bet yours too. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Do you know how that relationship was formed? Yeah,
0: so uh, one of the former presidents of our organization, Gabby Sharnoff, actually works at City now, and she's developed quite the reputation in working at City. and uh, one of her close mentors, close friend of hers, is Dustin, and, and she's kind of talked to him about her experiences in T-Meet, et etc., and so it was, it was developed, I'd say, primarily by an alumni, then Dustin came to campus, spoke to Joseph Scarara, uh he's an alumni as well, spoke to Asaf, our previous president, spoke to myself, spoke to all of our members, um, who all impressed him on a unified effort, and I think that that just reinforced everything that he had heard about Tamid and had liked so far, and now I know that he you know, loves the idea, loves, loves everything about it.
1: When you say you spoke to him and Asaf and Joseph spoke to him, did you set up a meeting with him to... Talk about Tamid or in what context?
0: The context was more of city just coming to recruit on campus. So yeah. they have like a, a pretty decent pipeline through Miami and they'll be on campus, you know, three, maybe four times in a year. And so we're just always at the events, always say hi, talk to them about, you know, whatever it is the event was about or anything like that. And then also mention Tamid here and there. Just casual so, networking.
1: So it's a relationship based on just coming up to him after a talk or something like that and, and mentioning Tamid to him.
0: Right. It's the familiarity, I'd, I'd say, too, just, you know, if you're trying to build a strategic relationship with a recruiter on your campus, something that I tried that worked well with some people from Deloitte um, and some people from DHL. So DHL is the international shipping company, kind of like U- UPS uh, or FedEx or something like that. They they have uh, some good stuff for industrial engineers and whatnot. And talking to them more on the the basis of, of being a representative or a liaison for your to me chapter and saying, you know, I'm not necessarily super interested in whatever this is, but I think that these people that, you know, I represent or, or this organization that I'm involved in would be super, super interested. Could I hear more information? And then always being at their events super consistently, I think just seeing that same face over and over and over again, um, is really beneficial.
1: Right, right. And particularly in the case with City, you're talking to a, a managing director who is very high up in the ranks of the, of the organization. And typically, when you're at one of these recruiting events, you're talking to a, a more junior recruiter. So if you if you can get the message across with a man, with the managing director, you can definitely get the message across with a recruiter. So never hesitate to try to make those relationships and to tell the tumit story to folks who could potentially hire Tamid students and also create exclusive hiring opportunities for Tameed students. And speaking of exclusive opportunities for hiring Tameed students, uh, Citi is not the only relationship that you guys have, right? Are there other uh, companies that have uh, exclusive hiring opportunities for you guys?
0: Yeah, so one of those is uh, Accenture. Our previous president, Joseph Scararas now works uh, at Accenture in Chicago. And he uh, took it upon himself to get Accenture to recruit at Miami. And so we were in the career center at the beginning of the year, uh, Soph and I, um, you know, early fall of this, of this school year. And uh, one of the career development people had been talking about how they wished they could get Accenture to come to campus. For whatever reason, Accenture just doesn't go farther south than Gainesville. Um, and it just wasn't working. And so we we're like, well, that's peculiar because Joseph managed to find a job there. I'm sure that Whatever he did managed to work. And so Joseph uh, was able to, again, put some alumni pressure on people, on his boss, on people that he had, pre- had impressed in the organization, and was able to get Accenture to come to the University of Miami for the very first time for an exclusive session with two of his involvements. So the, that was Tamid and also the Society of Hispanic Professional Engineers. And they gave a brief talk about you know preparing a resume, career preparedness, things like that for a conference they were doing. Another example of this would be uh, McKinsey. McKinsey came to campus for the very first time last year, and a to me, student and myself were at the info session um, and just talked to people after, uh, made sure to follow up, and just did casual networking and stuff like that. And the feedback that we got from the people uh, who were working at McKinsey, uh, the, the people we were networking with, rather, was that they were really impressed with where we were for uh, how old we were. The person who went with me was a sophomore as well, and that they wanted to have personal sessions just with our Tamid chapter on cracking the McKinsey case interview and preparing us for case interviews so that way when McKinsey Miami comes back to campus, uh, we'd, we'd be prepared to do well on those interviews.
1: And if you're listening and don't recognize the name McKinsey, it is probably one of if not the most highly coveted places to work uh, after graduation. It's an extremely competitive uh, firm to get into. It's considered extremely prestigious. And to have them uh, approaching Tamid and to have them wanting to get a foot in the door with Tamid is really, really a remarkable testament to the, the great work that you're doing at Miami. And I think it's the strength of our program overall. So I guess I'd, I'd finish just on more of a, a vision note. This conversation really opens up all kinds of ideas for how the next the next great big step that Tamid can take is raising its profile in the corporate world raising its profile in the, the world of recruiters so that we can continue to have a pipeline of the very best students who are interested in business on campus wanting to join tamid and wanting to join tamid very badly because they know that if they join tamid they will have inside access to the best recruiters and potentially even like in the case of accenture at miami they'll have access to recruiters who they can only have access to if they join tamid and it sounds like you guys have gotten that ball rolling richard so great job
0: yeah thank you thank you yeah i think uh just a. To- Reemphasize it's for us it would not have been possible at all without the efforts of our alumni I mean completely I would put 98 to 99 percent of the effort on them they just did an incredible job and so we're really happy that it worked out for us I'd say
1: well fantastic thanks so much for joining us Richard thank you so much to everyone who's listening if you have any feedback please send it my way to nathan at tamidgroup.org. And Richard, if anybody has any questions for you, how can they get in touch with you?
0: My email address is richard.holmes at tamidgroup.org as well.
1: And Holmes is spelled?
0: H-O-L-M-E-S, like Sherlock.
1: <laughs> Holmes like Sherlock. All right. Thank, <laughs> thank you, everyone, so much for listening. Take care.
0: Thanks so much for listening to Cast. We'll catch you next time.